Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Binge Chickens. We're back for another episode. Uh, this week, we're casting our minds all the way back to a season of a television show that came out back in 2005. It's the first series of the revived Doctor Who se- series. Um, and with me to, to discuss the show, I have Lo. How are you, Lo? I'm good, thanks. Excited to talk about some old school Doctor Who. Uh, can't, oh, yeah. Not really, not even old school, middle school. Middle school, yeah, yeah. Because just to give some context, I guess we've been watching um, all of the classic Doctor Who starting from the third Doctor from about halfway through last year. Yeah. I think. And we're all the way up now to uh, the modern era um, with Christopher Eccleston and Billy Piper, which was um, a really good season. We got through that in uh, maybe two or three days. Yeah, we well and truly binged it. Yes, so true to our name, we have binged through that season. Um, before we dive into uh, particular episodes that maybe we liked or didn't like, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the season as a whole and how it worked for you as bringing Doctor Who back to our screens after a 16-year, well, I guess technically a 16-year absence, but then we had that movie as well, so nine years since the movie. But how did you think it worked um, bringing things back? Um. It was good. Like I watched the whole series when it aired in 2005, um, which I was not necessarily a Doctor Who fan prior to that. I had watched episodes here and there um, as a kid with my grandfather. Um, And um, so it's not like it was, it's something I knew of, but no, I I really enjoyed getting into the series. I think this really um, solidified that this is a show that I was, going to enjoy and keep watching which i have done since 2005 um Uh, i i think yeah chris jackson was a really engaging doctor i was obsessed with rose i still am um as a companion um so yeah it was good what about you what did you think yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really good, and um, I guess growing up, Christopher Eccleston in a way was my doctor. I guess um, he, you can't really be too much when it's only one year, but he was certainly. Uh, yeah, I, I can claim that maybe he gave me inspiration for wanting to wear a leather jacket all the time. So we can blame him for the for the very '90s or retro look that I like to sport with that. But yes. yeah, look. I, Great season. I I guess my, my lasting memory of th- watching that first episode for the first time was um, having sort of back in 2002, 2003, ABC showed all the old episodes and so I'd really got yeah. into that sort of like we have in the last year and watching that first episode of Rose, I was like, oh, this is like, this is like a new show. This is like a proper new sort of modern show, um, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it was. It was, I don't remember how, how old were we in 2004? Third. Oh, holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, as a 13-year-old, I really enjoyed it. As a 29-year-old now, I still really enjoy it. So I, it, it has lasted. It's got longevity. Um, so that It holds up really well. Like it does. The, the, some, of, some of the effects aren't fantastic, but on the whole, um, I think it, um, you know, I watched. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, we did just get through the OJ series, which had even more questionable yeah. effects. So, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Because um, I was going to ask you, Christopher Eccleston, I guess um, we've seen John Pertwee, Tom Baker, Peter Davidson, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann in the role. 
do you think he sits comfortably with those? Does he feel like a very natural sort of doctor yeah. to, to bring the show back? 100%, yeah. Um, I just, uh, As I said to you when we finished watching that last episode, I just, I'm baffled as to why. I mean, I know there's apparently things going on behind the scenes, but why he didn't come back, because he did such a good job um, of being the doctor. He just brought, like, a lot of energy to it, um, as well as a lot of kindness, I felt. He was a fantastic doctor. So the fact that he only did one it's series fantastic. kind of yeah. really uh, – I did that on purpose. Um, it's kind of really disappointing that he only did one series. Mm, mm. Um. And so then I guess talking about the series as a whole, it had a lot of heavy lifting to do in terms of bringing the show back to our screens. And one of the really interesting elements that it introduced was this concept of the time war and the Doctor being the last Time Lord left. And, you know, in theory, no Daleks left either, but of course we find out that's not the case. Um, what did you make of this sort of, I guess, shift in the in the the narrative or the, the the story of Doctor Who's history of having this great time war and now there being no other Time Lords left. Do you think it, it really gave a sort of fresh angle to the show? Yeah, I feel like it, um, it, mean, it meant that they can kind of start fresh um, from the old series. Um, so it is really, I mean, it is the new series. So um, that revival, I guess, allowed for that, um, continuation of the character of Doctor Who and the TARDIS and all of that, but also that breakaway from what was happening in the original series. Mm. Um, and then, I, yeah, I mean, look, I, I found it really interesting. I can't quite remember how I reacted to it at the time, but it's, I guess it's, I wouldn't call it a cliche, but it's very much a trope where you, you know, you look at Star Wars with Luke being the last Jedi and um, other sorts of shows where they have, you know, this great sort of mystical race and it's reduced to this one, like, like you know, Avatar The Last, Last Airbender, which I finished watching yeah. recently, and these sorts of concepts of it's, you know, all the hopes resting on this one person. And so, um, yeah, it sort of it works with Doctor Who. It, it kind of elevates the show a little bit. Um, yeah. I guess it heightens, well. heightens the drama as well, that if you've got the last mm. or something, you're, you know, you're going to want to keep it around. You're not going to want anything to happen to it's, and we know that without the Doctor, um, a lot of places would would be worse have, off. Yeah, it would be worse off. And like saying we talk about like Last Ender and stuff, like they they actively work. The series is all about working for him and keeping him, you know, alive and getting him to do what he needs to do. Um, yeah. You, can you tell I didn't actually watch it with you? I yeah. <laughs> chimed in here and there and was just like, oh yeah, cool. So yeah, I don't actually, yeah. No, but that idea of that last, um, yeah, and even with the last Jedi's, keeping this magic or idea alive, I guess. Mm, mm, definitely. Um, and so I guess that sort of flows into the sort of the story arc that we got for this season, um, being Bad Wolf. And I guess almost, I mean, it's not quite the first time we've seen a season arc or a kind of continuous story in Doctor Who. I mean, we got the. Uh, what is it called? The Key of Time with Tom Baker and then The Trial of the Time Lord with Colin Baker. That was um, an interesting one, yeah. Things like that. So we have had those sorts of overarching plots in Doctor Who before, but this one was a really subtle one. And, you know, us kind of re-watching it, we can look back and 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 and, and um, know what to look out for to see all the references to Bad Wolf throughout the season. But watching it at the time, I, I reckon up until that uh, it's boomtown i think where they first deliberately call attention to it um 
when um, he when when the doctor notices the name of the project that um, this Levine is working on, and he says, yeah. you know, these words are following. But as you said before about Christopher Eccleston, like he's such a great actor, and he sort of gets very serious. And when he's serious, he's he's very solemn and very serious and very gripping. And then he just goes, no, it's probably just a coincidence, you know. Yeah, it's like I, when I you hear that scene. Yeah, but but so what, what did you make of um, having this sort of overall story arc, and ha- do you think it was really effectively handled? Um, yes, because I know when I, um, not originally watched it, but probably originally re-watched it and was aware of the arc, like, I was actively looking for, um, Bad Wolf. I mean, this time, I, I, I think I've re-watched this series enough now that it's just like, oh, yeah, it's Bad Wolf. Um, mm. but I think it's a nice way to tie it all together because, um, it really is that message from... Rose traveling through space, and it is there for every adventure. Um, do grab their attention. Um, so it's effective. Um, it's yeah. good. it's a nice arc because it doesn't impact these stories themselves. I think this is why I enjoy this arc. It's not like some of the more recent arcs where um, every episode like is explicitly linked to the arc. This is very subtle. Um, and I know we the Mets, had that. yeah. The Matt Smith arcs were definitely much more, you know, crack of time and stuff, which were much more impacting. Yeah, um, I like that it was it was there and like it's noticeable, but at the same time, it didn't interfere with the actual adventures that were going on. Um, Mm. Like even when they went to um, Station Five originally, Satellite Five, sorry, not Station Five, Satellite Five. um, It still didn't introduce that um, as um the broadcasting center it still didn't interfere too much with that storyline yeah if at all so even though we were already taken to the place where the finale happens like it was still separate mm, mm. if that makes and sense i think yeah yeah and i think it's very sweet as well that like sort of the ultimate um the the explanation for the mystery is it's basically it's rose scattering these words through time to connect her and the doctor so that she can get back to him and i'm like oh it's kind of it's kind of sweet. It's not. It it's not sweet. sinister or anything. Yeah, I. I always wondered why the words "bad wolf." Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. And I'm I get, sure it's I've sort of before, but whatever. It, it, um, is it something, and actually maybe appropriately linked to the promotion image that we've used on our episode of her wearing a red hoodie and something yeah, to actually, do with Yeah, actually, little red riding hood. Could be. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that could be. That would make sense. I don't quite. I, 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 I'm still. I'm, I'm not quite sure on because you're because you're right. Like it seems like it should be very, sort of a sinister um, thing. Sim- symbolic there. Yeah, I don't know. I I literally just glanced to my right, saw her sit, sit in the red hoodie, and went, "Oh, red riding hood, maybe." But yes, of course, we know that she does come back in the fiftieth special as Bad Wolf, which is sort yeah. of her Eye of the Tardis manifested version, which is kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I think it was a good arc. I think, um, you know, we're, we're just starting to watch season series two now and that's another – I think these David Tennant arcs were much more – I mean, I guess probably the master in season series three was a bit more um, impacting on the plot, like you are saying, where it then had a direct twist and revelation for the finale. But even Torchwood in season series two yeah. doesn't have a huge impact on the plot, which is probably a good thing in a way. Yeah, I um... – honestly have 
like I remember series one and series two so vividly. Series three and the rest of them start to get blurred. I don't know if maybe but when I watched originally watched it, it just wasn't front of mind because I mean I know Ser- I had Ser- other yeah. stuff going on, um, but I know once we rewatch it, it will probably come to front. Mm. But like I remember the master. I remember John Sim as the master. Who yes. He's so good as the master. Um, and like that finale episode, I don't remember quite vividly, but the rest of Series 3, so I actually don't remember what the arc is. So, series, yeah, series 3 something to is look forward Martha. To. Yeah. Yes, series I know three it's Martha. Martha. Yeah. Um, and I can remember some Martha episodes, but not all of them. So in terms of, of course, yeah. I watch that episode every year. With Yeah. Yeah. Jadoon um, on the moon as well. <laughs> So there's a few, yeah. Yes, yeah. actually, and when we first made the Jadoon, yeah. Um, I think I probably yes. remember the Catherine Tate episodes more than I remember Martha's, which is awful, because I actually don't mind Martha. That, the Catherine, and we're kind of jumping ahead here, but that Catherine Tate season, I remember at the time watching it and really not liking Catherine Tate's character, Donna. Oh, but on a rewatch, I think it, it's one of those seasons where you, you kind of think about each episode individually and you go, well, I really like that episode and I really like that episode and I really like that episode and you realise, actually, hang on, I actually really like the whole season. Well, that's what we, like, coming back to this first series, that's what we, mm. <laughs> this is why we binged it so quickly because we, <laughs> we, we watched it episode, like, that yeah. was really good and the next one started like, oh, we remember this one, this one's also really good. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's it will be probably the same when we watch um, series three. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, like, these, I think these are really solid seasons. I mean, as I said, my memory is lapsing with most of them and as to what is where. Um, but with that, with the Eccleston series, like every episode, it was like one I remember vividly. Um, well, then there was a few plot points. So I was like, oh, I don't remember that happening. <laughs> that you pointed, like, reminded me of. And I was like, okay, cool. But yeah. Um, but yeah. but so on that on that note, I, I'll ask you, um, what was your favorite episode of the season and why? Oh, I don't know. This is so hard. Um, I don't know. When we talked about it the other night. Okay, I love the first episode um, as a way to reintroduce Doctor Who um, and introduce Eccleston as the Doctor and introduce Rose, I genuinely think that is a brilliant episode. Mm. You've got the Autons, which is great. You've got that drama. You've got poor Jackie almost getting killed by the brides um, from the window. Um, I just think it's like a very classic episode, and I really enjoy that one. Um, that being said, I also really enjoy, and I feel like this is so obvious, um, the empty child and Dr. Dancers episodes. Um, there's just some good dialogue throughout both those episodes. Um, we're not really keen on the mask fused to the face thing um, with the child, but it's also one of those episodes where there's a happy ending, you know, everyone lives. Um, Which is kind of ironic considering the reputation that Moffat gets after after. Well, oh, I guess during the Matt Smith era, that he just kills everyone off. Yes. Um, I know when we watched an episode and I was saying, I was looking, like, I genuinely enjoy this double parter. Um, and you're like, yeah, Moffat 
has written some of the best episodes in these earlier series, um, which I find very strange because I know the entire time that Matt Smith was the doctor, I sat there sitting, I sat there complaining about Moffat. So I don't know. I'm very conflicted. <laughs> well, well, going back to Rose first of all, um, yeah, as you touched, your favorite episode. Well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna expand on your choices first of all and then i'll offer mine Mm -hmm. but going back to rose first of all um as you say we get the autons back and i think that was quite appropriate considering the fact that our first episode of the classic who was um john pertwee facing the autons as well so it was a bit symbolic in that sense um one element of rose that i think still causes a little bit of debate and i'm curious to hear you weigh in on this is of course Rose goes to try and investigate the Doctor and encounters, um, his name has gone out of my head, um, the guy that, Clive, that's it, who is sort of stocking up on a history of the Doctor and comes across images of him at the Titanic, at JFK's assassination. I think there's a few other references as well. Um, We also get in one of the first scenes with him, he's sort of checking out his ears in the mirror at um, Rose and Jackie's apartment. So there's an implication that he's only just regenerated from John Hurt into um, Chris Eccleston in this episode, essentially just Mm. before this episode. But then we kind of get this idea that maybe he's gone on these other adventures. Do you see it as he's gone on all these adventures before the episode or that he maybe he pops off during this episode or it's at some point later Rose is on a holiday with Mickey off somewhere and he's off popping off on a few adventures himself? yeah. I was going to say, the beauty of the TARDIS is that you can travel through mm-hmm. time as well as space. So, you know, in those gaps between Rose meeting him and, you know, the Doctor going off in the TARDIS, he has that time to go and have other adventures himself. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those odd things that it seems like he knows what he's doing because he's a very... I mean, you, you sometimes see these regenerations. The doctors are a bit chaotic when they Wonky. first. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, um, who was the super chaotic one from old who? Uh, Colin Baker. Oh yes, Strangles Perry. Um, that that that's nasty to my mind with regenerations. Um, <laughs> but even with um, yeah, there's a bit of um, confusion, I guess, and discombobulation with the Doctor when they regenerate. And he seems like a very confident Doctor, but then when he gets, checks his ears out, it's like, ah, uh, is he just commenting on the fact that, you know, I don't like my ears? Because um, that is something that does get um, scattered throughout people commenting on the size of his ears. Um, I think even... I like um, Rose and... Um... What's her name in, in Empty Child? Nancy. Nancy, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they may- look, it could be that he's just not had a chance to look in a mirror in, in you know, or, or, or as you or as you say, it's just every time he sees them, he's kind of caught off guard by the size of them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit vague. Um, but as I said, he seems, when he meets Rose, he seems very sure of himself, which is not common when the doctor's just regenerated i mean mm. with david tennant for that first um for the christmas invasion um we know that he he spends a lot of time being like i don't know what type of man i am yeah um so 
but maybe that's because of the nature of the episode of trying to rather than have I feel like they'd alienate a lot of viewers if they had him being very well yeah I mean I said to you it would have been really interesting if they'd started if they'd started this episode like they started the the movie and had Paul McGann regenerate into Christopher Eccleston that would have been and I think they probably learned their lesson from the movie that it might have been a bit too confusing to have the audience meet this character and then essentially kill him off in the first five or five minutes of the episode yeah I think it was a good um like clean start clean slate Mm. he's our doctor Mm. he's already the doctor we don't need to establish that like that's who he is because particularly I think again audiences bringing the show back after having a long time off screen um and I'm sure a lot of people don't count the movie um, or didn't at the time, or yeah, I think... on board with the movie because it is its kind of own thing, um, mm. which I didn't even realise that Sylvester McCoy was in it. But um, mm. um, anyway, um, I think it was just that clean slate that we're going to start off with the Doctor, who is the Doctor. We're not going to question it because then that will lead your audience to also question, is he the Doctor? No. Like, you want to have a yeah. strong standing point. I think um, it's not until... Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I was just going to say, I think it's not until the next Doctor, the David Tennant special with, um, is it James Morrissey? Um, mm-hmm. Where I think that's the first time that they use footage from the Doctor Who movie to sort of essentially confirm that it is actually part of the canon yeah. or part of the story. So up until then, I think there was a lot of debate about whether it counted because of the whole, yeah. you know, my mother's heart, my, my, I'm human on my mother's side and things like that. Yeah. There's a lot of, questions that that movie raises um i mean it's good i enjoy it but at the same time it's just like whoever wrote this i feel like didn't have a strong understanding of doctor who or just decided yeah. you know, stuff it but then that's almost how i feel about moffat i know moffat is the biggest doctor who fanboy and i will sometimes watch some of his episodes and be like do you even know this show yeah I think sometimes they just try to do new things and um, doesn't necessarily work. But look, mess with the program when it works. Yeah. But speaking of Moffat, you, your other favourite episodes you mentioned were the Empty Child and the Doctor Dances, they, and they're all my favourite. Um, you know, I guess you know what a few few of Moffat's tropes sort of start to make appearances here, where we get he, as you just said, he he tries to sort of push out the boundaries on. Um, What's something cool that we could do that hasn't been done before? And and the thing that he tries in this episode, which is kind of minor, but he has the um, the phone ring in the TARDIS telephone box mm. where the doctor kind of realizes, you know, this doesn't mean this isn't meant to ring. It's not actually connected to anything, which um, is kind of it's kind of a neat little thing. And you, you kind of see in all these Moffat episodes that he'll always try little things to um, to have some fun. The other one I really liked was. Um, when Nancy says that he has to go and see the doctor and he looks really confused for a while. And there's that moment of wondering whether there's another version of him wandering around in uh, the Blitz London. Yeah. Yeah. There's just uh, the doctor, but I'm, I'm the doctor is that's all his face reads when she's exactly, like, you have yeah. to go see the doctor. Um, yeah. And my other favorite part about those two episodes is that we get Jack. I was going to say, yes. And I'm so of course, Moffat also- with Captain Jack. Yeah. 
which which you know having just watched and reviewed revelation of the daleks and that's on this channel so if you're listening in do go listen to that review if you haven't already um we get jack back in that episode but boy is he so much younger in these episodes um when we're first meeting him it's like it's not even it's a shock that he's so much older because i follow him on instagram so it's like i see his face regularly but then going back and watching these episodes it's just like not what happened because John Barrowman's still a fine-looking man, but he was so young. He fits in very well with the story as well. He's very much the uh, yeah. sort of dashing, as you know. It's also sort of set up in the episode with Rose saying she wants the Doctor to be more Spock and use more tech gadgets and other mm-hmm. things and be more professional. And then you get Jack with his invisible spaceship and his ray gun and and all of that as well, which um, very much fits the picture. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, um he's a great character anyway what are your favorite sorry i don't yeah. know what that was i meant to say anyway it came out as a weird noise what were your favorite episodes um well you pinched my idea of going with rose because it it had a lot going for it and having to reintroduce us to the show but um if i'm going to go for another episode other than that um i'm going to go with father's day which is a bit left field because it's an episode i i feel like often gets forgotten in this season because there are so many great episodes. Um, but I'm I'm really one that loves all those sorts of twisty sort of time um, concepts. And, you know, if, if, if I didn't know better, I would have said this, this was a Moffat episode because it feels like a Moffat episode in a lot of ways. Um, I think it could be the first time that we ever see two different versions of the Doctor. Well, I think there's that one brief moment with the third Doctor, but mm-hmm. with this where we see... Um, uh, the ninth Doctor and Rose watching Rose's father getting hit by the car, and then there's another version of the nine and Rose watching them um, was kind of a cool little quirk. And, of course, we get baby Mickey, we get baby Rose, we get all of those. We get the reference to um, Only Fools and Horses, which is another show that we've watched recently. Um, it's <laughs> it's a really can... kind of... Sorry. Sorry. I love that she compares her dad to Del. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Which I think watching Rose, I think I compared Jackie in a way to Dell of sort of that sort of living in the council estate and all of that sort of yeah. thing. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think it was a really fun episode. Um, it's a cool little concept. We get the similar sort of concept to the Brigadier episode where there's the two versions of the Brigadier yes. and they can't touch yeah. and Rose can't touch baby Rose. But, yeah, I thought it was quite fun. What did you think of it? Um, I, I was going to say that was probably another episode that I would have classed as not necessarily favourite, but one that I really enjoy. Um, and I think because I'm now older, it definitely hit me in the, like, emotionally as well watching this, um, which I don't think it did when I originally watched it. Um, but, no, I like the idea of them being back in time on in Rose's own timeline because um, it does um, bring up a lot of those questions about what happens when you are in your own timeline. Um mm. But then also allows Rose to have those, those moments with her dad. Um, and, oh, my God, baby Mickey. Um, I did enjoy when Rose is like, I think I've just like, imprinted on him like a mother. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this makes so much sense now. Um, yeah. And the, when Jackie was like, I feel sorry for whoever ends up with him as he's older. <laughs> Lots of little um, jokes like that. Um, but even, yeah, just the idea of the fact that, um, you know, they stuffed up time and then have to deal with the consequences 
Mm. Um, and the consequences aren't, you know, Rose disappearing or whatever. It's actual creatures that are there to, like, almost like bacteria. Oh, bacteria? What is it that, um, like, oh, uh, like that white fights, blood cells? Yeah. Fights infection in the body, same kind of thing, um, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, that one, that one hit me in the feels quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, we kind of get the episode framed with um, Rose telling the doctor about the stories that Jackie used to tell her about her father and how he died. And we get the shift from the start of the episode where he died on his own at the, on the road to at the end of the episode, Jackie saying that there was a girl that stayed with him and waited for the paramedics to come yeah. um, so that he didn't die alone um, is a nice little shift. And as you say, it, it, it's a very emotional sort of episode. Um, I think it was, what was the, was it the episode before it? Because we got this episode about her father and then there's another one just after, which is more about Jackie. I'm trying to remember what that one was that I'm thinking of. Um, if you can help me, I can't, I can't. Oh, no, I'm probably thinking, no, you know what? I'm probably thinking of the empty child because of the fact that that's more about the mother-son relationship. Yes, yes. It's probably what I'm thinking um, of. Nancy and Jamie, yeah. Yes. So we get a lot of parent-child sort of dynamic episodes in this season, which I thought was quite interesting. Which I, um, I mean, I yeah. guess, I guess it's sort of a trope of Doctor Who is, you know, it's the kids watching it, and it's the kids sort of what what's a fear from kids? It's you know, not having their parents be there with them or whatever. So I think this season sort of focuses in on that as its theme, I guess. Mm. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a theme. I mean, they've got yeah those episodes, but then you've got episodes like the Unquiet Dead, which had my favorite line oh, yeah. of the whole series with the whole the stiffs are being lively um and we get introduced to, to gwen's gwen's ancestor yes and the card of rift which sort of paves yes. the way for torchwood yes um and we get yeah, dalek which is another good episode yeah with, which um, i talking about dalek i never really enjoyed that episode it was always one like if i had to go through and like before rewatching it, going through and being like, which episodes would I really like actually want to watch? Um, and Dalek has never been on that rewatch list. Um, but I really, again, I just really enjoyed it this time. Um, and you know, that the ability to make you actually feel empathy for a Dalek um, was a nice twist. Yeah. Well, and, well, maybe that's a good prompt then talking about episodes that you didn't like as much. Um, what was the episode that that you didn't like as much this season? What was your least favourite episode of the season? Um, I don't know. It's a very solid season. I do enjoy them all. I guess Broomtown has probably the least. Keep stealing um, my answers. That's all right. <laughs> sorry. Um, that's all right. Like, I enjoyed Broontown and The Return of Margaret, and I think it, there's a lot of quippy, funny lines in that mm. episode, but in terms of actual events plot-wise, I think it's quite a tame episode. Um, I think it's definitely, like, it's a taster for the finale. It's very much setting up the finale. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it is. It's a setup for the finale, um, definitely, because it's when they've really, like, um, when the Doctor realises that he's been seeing the words bad wolf everywhere. Um, and then brushes it off. Um, so we finally get that first. That's when we first get that 
acknowledgement. Um, and then we also get that Margaret looking at the heart of the TARDIS, which is kind yeah, of that foreshadowing for mm. Rose and the Doctor there as well. Um, mm. But I mean, it's a good episode. It's still a good episode. Like, it's funny. It's a funny episode. And I was going to say, we get the dynamic, we get the four person dynamic of Mickey, Rose, Jack, and the Doctor, where um, Rose, Jack, and the Doctor have clearly gone on a few adventures in between um, picking Jack up. And, um, well, is, it, is, is this straight after um, the Doctor dances or is there something in between? Because I'm trying um, to think. I don't think yeah, there's another adventure the with Jack. Yeah. Dances, yeah. So I guess I guess there's sort of a an insert here gap where they've gone on a few adventures together because they've well, got yeah. that team dynamic going. Um, and so this episode does have that quite cool team dynamic, which works quite well. Yeah. Um, I think the other, sorry, I'm just thinking about what other episodes. The other episode, actually, I probably enjoy Boomtown more than this one, is The Long Game, which sets up mm-hmm. again for the finale. Um, but just... Be a bit boring. The Jagger Fest is just, mm. yeah. I think I I lost yeah. interest halfway through that one. Yeah, um, I th- it's interesting. I th- I feel like the first time around watching the series, I didn't watch. There was two episodes I didn't watch: the Unquiet Dead and the Long Game. I think because I remember watching the finale at the time and not having that connection of oh, well, we've been here before. But yeah, as you say, I think the Jagger Fest didn't really strike me as a very convincing villain and what they were trying to yeah. achieve and. Um, as you say, I mean, look, it's interesting, as you say, um, that both episodes tying into the finale, both The Long Game and Boomtown, probably the weaker episodes, probably because they didn't feel like they didn't stand on their own. They were sort of just set up episodes. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was a waste of Simon Pegg as a character as well because mm. um, mm. he's so good um, in all the stuff that he does. So, I mean, I know he plays the villain, but it was just really the villain. I mean, Adam's annoying. Um, well, I was go- yeah. I, I was going to mention Adam, and, and what what did you think of Adam as a character? Annoying, and just unnecessary. I, I feel like they didn't need him. Mm. Um, I mean, it was that funny bit at the end with the head thing that he had installed, but other than that, I feel like he wasn't a, a character that wasn't really necessary. Yeah, I, I, I'd be kind of interested in understanding the behind the scenes reasoning on having. I guess both Adam and then Jack later in the season become companions where Adam, it, it, it was almost like, I don't know, I don't know what the message was meant to be or what they were achieving with him coming along for a second adventure. Like, was there a chance at one point he was going to stay for longer and then it didn't work out? Or was it meant to just be like a, Hey, look, not every companion is great and wonderful. Some of them are real dickheads who try and steal all the knowledge of the universe for their own personal gain. Um, maybe that's it, but. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. Yeah, I feel like it was a kind of a lesson in there that um, someone trying to use the future for past gain and kind of um, referencing, I guess, um, like to the future. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, it wasn't really I guess, followed through on. Like, it was just very. I don't. Know, it was a. It's a. That's actually. Yeah, I like in comparison to um, boom. Like with these two. Actually, Broomtown's great. This one is very blur. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess as well having it as a news station, um, like if it was already that kind of reality TV idea, but not to the extreme as it is in um, 
is it bad wolf um bad wolf it's called well, bad wolf. sorry yeah, since yeah, that took yeah. the episode um that it is in bad wolf then like that would make more sense to me for it to be like i don't understand the shift from i guess news to reality tv but i guess it's also commentary on society how we now value probably reality tv more than we do actual information and things like that um which is still just as relevant today as it was in 2005 let me tell you and it's Yes. Like I said to you, it's quite funny in telling that those three shows in uh, the Bad Wolf episode have all had somewhat of a revival since 2005, which is kind of bizarre to think. Um, hey, they're all what not back to on the wear. air. What Not to Wear has not come back. I'm sad oh, about that because that was a show I actually tr- enjoyed. Yeah. I'm obsessed Fashion with reality shows and, yeah. She's all over Facebook at the moment and I just love watching her videos. <laughs> I think I think I probably agree with you on least favorite episodes. I think the only thing I'd add as well is um, Aliens in London and World War Three. I don't hate, but they're definitely the worst of uh, Russell T Davies tropes, which is the whole we're stuck on we're stuck in London. There's an alien attack. We're going to get the sort of um, you know news network um, uh, mashup to show us what's going on get the farting aliens which i'm kind of like yeah okay fart jokes has never really been my thing um so i didn't love those episodes but you know like you look at like christmas invasion you look at uh probably can't think off the top of my head but i'm sure there's some in series two and three as well where we get those sorts of alien attacks on london where i'm like it's it's very repetitive after a while but yeah yeah I think, I think, as you say, on the whole, like, there's no episode this season where I was like, oh, do we really have to get through this one? Um, which I think there are a couple like that in the next season. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, great, great season on the whole. Um, yeah. I guess just before we wrap up, we can talk about the finale, um, the parting of the ways, and Christopher, Christopher Eccleston's departure from the show, which we've already sort of touched on. Um I guess in terms of regenerations, in terms of reasons for regenerations, how did you feel the show handled that final episode and how did you enjoy it? Um, As I said to you while we're watching it, I don't understand. This is my issue as to why did the Doctor have to regenerate because Rose had all the time vortex energy in her for a lengthy period of time. But then the Doctor took it for a very short amount of time, and he ended up regenerating. And like, did he also take, I guess, the... Lo, it's, it's a really simple answer. I can't <laughs> believe that you didn't pick it up while we're watching it. The answer is because reasons. Okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> so you're actually going to give me a legitimate reason. No, no. Okay, don't, don't no. blindside me here. Mansplaining you. Mansplaining to you. No, no. Yeah, it's a very much like a, oh, well, he's got... it's. It, in so many of the regenerations, it's you're right. Like it's always, oh well, the doctor fell off a tower. He's got to regenerate, even though I'm sure there's plenty of other stories where he falls and yeah. doesn't have to regenerate. I'm sure someone's going like to comment and say that no, because when he kissed her, he took on all the injuries she had as well, which would make sense. <laughs> and if you if that if you know that is the case, please tell me because um, yeah. that would make more sense to me. Um, but that was annoying me because I also, after watching or binging this um, series, I just wasn't ready to let go of Eccleston. I do think he's such a good doctor. And I was like, I love David Tennant. I will be the first to put my hand up and say, yes, obsessed. Um, but um, there's just something so special about Eccleston. Mm. 
He's got that dark. He's got that darker side or darker edge than even Tennant. Tennant has it a bit, and so does Smith and Capaldi to an extent as well. But Eccleston really, like we're saying, like he really balances that really like grim sort of seriousness with then at a snap he can just be really chirpy and cheerful and funny and mm-hmm. good good balance. Um, question that I have for you: um, Which act of uh, Rose's Bad Wolf did you? Have you enjoyed more the impact of her making Captain Jack immortal, meaning that we've got John Barrowman over a number of different seasons of Doctor Who, or the fact that it gave us David Tennant? Oof. I don't know, because I'd hope that even if Eccleston did sign up to do a second series, that they would get David Tennant eventually anyway, because we know that he's also a Doctor Who fanboy. Um, so much so that he married the fifth doctor's daughter it's a little bit weird but you know (laughs) it's like the ultimate fanboy move um i do have and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure she went to school with uh colin baker's daughter so she's she's very much much, yeah she's very much surrounded by the doctor (laughs) um but um i don't know i do really enjoy captain jack and that gave us talk to it as well. And I, I, I think it's a really cool question, Alex. Yeah. I, it was, I it, do it, enjoy David Tennant. I would have loved a second season of Eccleston and hoped that Tennant would have signed on anyway later on. Um, hmm. But, I mean, because he signed on for such a lengthy period anyway, like he has a long run as the Doctor. Surely an extra year of pushing it back would have been fine. Still to sign up for it. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I, <laughs> I was going to say something about Jack, and now I think I've forgotten what I was going to say. Sorry. But no, no, that's okay. Um, yeah. Look, I think. Oh no. Well, I was going to say it's it's a really interesting thing that they did with Jack, with bringing him back and making him immortal, which I don't think we find out really until series three slash, I don't know if Torchwood started before series, before he turned up in series three, but um, I I think it was really interesting to make this character who's not really going to be on your show like full time, this more central character. And, you know, as we're watching Classic Who, we sort of, well, I sort of made the comparison to Sabalong Glitz Um, because along with him and Syl, who's more of a villain than a friend, there's not, oh, I get obviously, I mean, the Brigadier is the big one, but there's not many sort of recurring companions that aren't actively travelling with the Doctor in Classic Who. So it's cool that they sort of bring bring it up in Modern Who. Yes. I think it's nice to have that kind of companion. You can not like companion, but friend of that you can check in with um, and have like those plot points with. Um, and the fact that they're still using him in the current series is great as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see more of Jack. Absolutely. Well, I mean, as we t- as we discussed in our review of Revelation of the Daleks, um, hopefully there's the potential that we'll get another series of um, Torchwood, so we could get a lot more Jack. Maybe. 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 Be interesting. Okay. Well, just before we sign off, then um, I wonder if you're able to give this series a rating out of ten. No, I don't like doing this. <laughs> I know that's why I do it. No, I don't like I don't like numbers. 
I well, said that I, I really enjoyed it, and that is one of my favorite series, and I would happily sit okay. down and rewatch it again. So take of that what you will. And I, you aside, I'll give too, it, and I'll tell you if I agree or sure. not. I will give it the rather appropriate nine out of ten. Haha. Uh-huh. So you're gonna give ten uh-huh. seasons a ten out of ten? Well, probably mm, depending on which season we're watching, maybe. But no, I think I, I think generally, I think nine out of ten because I think there's no bad. As we said, there's no bad episodes. I'd happily rewatch any of the episodes in this season. I think it just misses the ten because there's no um, there's no amazing episode. So when I say amazing, like I'm thinking like the Doctor's Wife or um, maybe blink, even though I think that's a little bit overrated. There's no, but, there's no episode where I'm just like, wow, this is like top five of all time. I feel like the empty child and the dancers are that yeah. they're like that's the iconic episodes of this. That's yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll give it um, nine point five then. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> just saying with your, we don't yeah. have a. I was like, hang on, yes, we do. That's a fair point. Um, that's a fair point. Gosh, even the end of the world episode, which. That's another great episode which we haven't talked about where we first get introduced to Lady yeah. Sandra and we have trees and Platform One and all the alien guests. That was another great episode, but I'm not going to talk about it because we are wrapping this up. So, yes. They're all, Look, I all think good. The whole series yeah. is good. There's one or two uh, episodes uh, that are a bit blur, but the rest, like, overall, good. Absolutely. Oh, it very much holds up. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes, and it certainly holds up for a rewatch. So if you haven't rewatched this series in a few years, I would cert- we, we would certainly recommend giving it another go because it was a fantastic uh, rewatch and a fantastic time. Um, and yes. it's been a fantastic episode with you, Lowe. So thank you for joining me. That's all right. Thank you for hosting. No problem. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, if you haven't already, hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. The descriptions for those channels are in the description below. Um, and we will see you uh, next time. We'll be doing our weekly reviews for WandaVision. Um, our new episode will be out this coming weekend. Yeah, uh, and then we'll be a back. a bit of a break from that. Yeah, uh, so we just had to reviewing... recover from the twist at the end of the last episode. Yes, um, we're reviewing two episodes um, this yes. week. So last week's and then the new episode that comes out on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And um, probably back reviewing series two of Doctor Who before too long at the rate that we're getting yeah, through it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> be another binge, so, yeah. Absolutely. So until then, thank you all for listening in um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.